everybody loves Hagrid, right? I shouldn't have told you that. I should not have told you that. Hey, brother. Boy, howdy, y'all. If there was one thing I assumed to be universally agreed upon, it was love for what I had previously assumed to be everyone's favorite half giant, Hagrid. Which, now that I'm saying it, I realize that the sample pool for half giants is quite small and only includes Madame Maxine and Ol Rubeus himself, who we get way more time with, so... Huh. But just here recently, I was conversing with a collection of friends when to my utter shock and surprise, this very notion that Hagrid was anything but just swell was thrown into question. And then when I thought things couldn't get any worse, I found this Reddit post titled, I feel like I'm the only one who hates Hagrid. Anyone else? Now, granted, it only has one upvote and was posted nine years ago, and the 34 comments are mostly refuting this very idea, and the uploader is an account that no longer exists, probably out of shame, but still. Actually, I do feel like I should clarify, you should never feel shame if you need to take a step back. You have my full support for taking your energies elsewhere. But if I'm not using my platform here to argue a nearly decade old point about a fictional character against an anonymous poster who by my own admissions decision I fully support, then what am I even doing with my life? I mean, Hagrid, Hagrid? First of all, how dare you? And also, second of all, how dare you? But third of all, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I mean, with all the dangerous creatures and the information slipping and I should not have told you that. leaning on your 11 year old best friends to solve all your problems, the drinking and the overall, you know, lack of character growth across seven books. But you know what? I won't stand for it. So today we come to the defense of Rubeus Hat. Okay, let's tackle this point by point. First off, the dangerous creatures, of which there are a lot. And yeah, okay, this is kind of a big one, not just in the size of potential dangers, but also the size of the actual monsters. The first one is not so bad. I mean, who doesn't love old Fluffernutters, the giant three-headed dog? <coughs> I mean, we all love Fluffy, right? But perhaps the more pertinent question is, who doesn't old Fluffernutters love? And the answer, Pretty much everyone. Actually, it's this, this chief characteristic in particular that makes Fluffy a part of the plot in the first place. If all three of its heads were just fun loving and wanted to lick your face, it wouldn't make for such a spectacular piece of defense. Now, to be fair, maybe Fluffster is friendly to Hagrid, who despite actually owning Fluffy, we never get to see interact with him. In the meantime though, Fluffy definitely has a more bite heads off first, ask questions, never, who cares, I'm a dog kind of disposition. Though something deep inside of me likes to think at least one of the heads is like really sensitive and less sure about the governing body's overall mission statement to, you know, bite off heads, citing the self-reflection incident of 87, you know, wherein the majority shareholders, AKA two other heads, saw the reflection and realized other creatures were facing a serious head scarcity. Which is of course to say, other creatures only have one. Fortunately for Hagrid though, Dumbledore had a very niche use for such an animal, but I have to imagine that if the stone didn't need guarding that year and Fluffy was just chained up outside of Hagrid's hut, he might not have been so welcomed by the students. But hey, let's give Fluffy the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the real reason he was so angry all the time is because he was locked in a room with nowhere to go for a year. 
They don't even put the mirror in place until after Harry sees it over Christmas break. What's Fluffy even defending for the first four months? But moving on, let's talk about beast number two, Norbert, who I'm not gonna lie, is a real low point for Hagrid. Here's the premise, Hagrid owns a baby dragon. Look, he knows he's mummy. The reaction? But it's against our laws, said Ron. Dragon breeding was outlawed by the Warlocks Convention of 1709. Everyone knows that. Think about that. This feels like a Hermione citation, but if an 11 year old Ron knows a history of magic fact just like off his head, you better believe it's common knowledge. And if a fact like that is common knowledge, it's because of just how illegal it is. And I feel like I just gotta say that it's pretty poor judgment for Hagrid to do something as illegal as breed slash hatch slash own a dragon when you're already convicted of murder via giant monster. Now, of course, granted, we, the audience, know he's innocent, but for one, this is still against the law. And two, the Ministry of Magic does not think you are innocent. Like. What are you doing, man? Actively poking the bear, which to be fair, does seem like something Haggard would do. But it's not only that, the means under which he acquires the dragon egg are drinking and gambling. But also it is during this particular occasion when he also reveals the secret way past Fluffy, ironically giving the information to the very person who framed him for murder in the first place. And then to get rid of the dragon, rather than, you know, going to Dumbledore, he allows first year students to wander around the school at night with the illegal cargo. Which by the way, includes possibly one of the broadest stroke sentences used in the entire series. Like, have you ever wondered how Harry and Hermione managed to get a live fire breathing dragon through the castle to the topmost tower undetected. Let me just provide you with a summary. This is the actual description from the book. How they managed to get the crate back up to the castle, they never knew. And actually I lied before. That's not even a summary. That is the entire story. Like how do they do it? Even they don't know. Well, all right then. Even after that, Harry and Hermione get caught out of bed, Hagrid is literally the one to carry out their punishment and doesn't vouch for them at all. If anything, and to be fair, this is directed at Malfoy in particular, who's also there, but still the whole incident spawns from Hagrid's actions and Hagrid like doubles down. You've done wrong and now you've got to pay for it. And like I said, this is really a low point. The only defense I have is that Dumbledore knows Hagrid very well and anticipated and intended for Hagrid to let slip the information so that Harry could meet Voldemort. It was all part of the big plan. Actually, on that exact note, I do personally subscribe to Dumbledore's big plan, which if you'd like to check out, you can do so right over here. Basically, it's just that Dumbledore planned everything from the very beginning and everything that Harry does is all part of a big test. But either way, that would just mean that being reliably clumsy with vital information is hardly anything for Hagrid to be proud of. Should not have said that. Moving on though, let's talk about Aragog, you know, the giant spider, which feels like more poor judgment on Hagrid's part. I mean, even though Aragog didn't murder Moaning Myrtle, he goes on to prove he's a very dangerous creature who'd be totally fine with killing students that aren't Hagrid, even if they are friends with Hagrid. But I cannot deny them fresh meat when it wanders so willingly into our midst. Basically, when Hagrid sends Harry and Ron to talk to Aragog, Aragog fully intends to let his family eat them. Hagrid is a bad judge of danger. 
However, I will say that in this particular case, Aragog is truly Hagrid's friend. And at the very least, this speaks to Hagrid's ability to see the good in others, no matter how large and hairy and spider-like they are, which absolutely clouds his judgment at times, but his heart is pure. Odd and hairy? You wouldn't be talking about me now, would you? Guys, we need to pause right there to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, MeUndies. Okay, so we're deep into the holiday season, or maybe it's like April 17th, 2024, and you're looking for a great gift for Earth Day just around the corner. Who knows? Either way, if you're shopping for that hard to buy for person, look no further than MeUndies. I've personally been a subscriber for years now, and it is truly one of those things where once you've felt the difference, there really is no going back. MeUndies are breathable, stretchy, and oh-so-comfy, making it ideal for all-day wear. But I'm also a huge fan of the seasonal prints they have. It basically ensures that any time of year, I can lean right into the festivities. As I sit here in this very moment, in fact, I'm rocking their latest holiday print featuring a Christmas sweater-wearing Triceratops. You're welcome for that. Plus, MeUndies isn't just about underwear. Explore the loungewear collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and more. And if you've never gifted somebody a onesie before, I promise it is a home run. Always. So knock out your holiday shopping today and get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com super. That's MeUndies.com super for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. This is basically what's happening during his first ever lesson with the hippogriffs as well. He perhaps jumps the gun a little and doesn't warm the class up with, you know, smaller creatures first, but it's because he has such utter confidence in the students to be able to handle such creatures. Like honestly, his actual poor judgment here is that Malfoy would listen to him, which nearly costs him his job. Excuse me. Like almost the question is more in between like, should I Hagrid trust the hippogriffs with the students or should Hagrid have been able to guess that Malfoy would ruin things after he threatened to turn him in for owning a dragon in year one and then Lucius escorted him to Azkaban in year two? I mean, probably. But if anything, like everything else with Hagrid, he doesn't give up on Malfoy either. He gives him another chance and just because that turns out to be a bad choice, I still think it's kind of the correct one. Well, okay, at least to be just absolutely crystal clear here, I don't think that the students should learn from getting hurt, but I appreciate the fact that Hagrid could have looked at his students and thought the worst of them, but didn't. Meanwhile, though, the following year with the Scroots, it's a little bit harder to defend. Again, looking back in year three, he kind of like overcorrects from Hippogriff to Flobberworm for the whole year. Like, what a complete waste of class time, Hagrid. But then Hagrid sort of like overcorrects again to his original position and goes right back to breaking the law by illegally creating brand new creatures by breeding fire crabs and manticores, which by the way, here's what those two things look like. Why would you even think it was possible for them to procreate in the first place? Also, also just a genuine question from me to you. Why is a fire crab a turtle? Answer me that. That's actually a real question. Like in different parts of the world are like crabs and turtles more like interchangeable for some reason? Because I personally wouldn't think that this could work, but that's where you've almost got to hand it to Hagrid a little bit. Like unbridled curiosity, am I right? Because ultimately, guess what? They can in fact breed and before unleashing them to the wild, he has the good sense to study them by, you know, letting his fourth years raise them. 
And sure, we could ask questions like, are they dangerous enough to help guard the Triwizard Cup, the trophy in a competition for only 17-year-old and up wizards? They are! And we never would have known that if he didn't test them on 14-year-olds first. Science. Yes, science! Then, of course, moving on, we also have his little brother, the 16-foot giant runt, Grop. Arguably a win for the good guys in the end, but also he seems unwilling to trust them with the information that he has Grop in the first place. Like, I love how the plot of Order of the Phoenix is that the Order is guarding some kind of secret weapon, which turns out to just be like, you know, some kind of boring glass ball. But Hagrid legit has a giant weapon he's hiding too. And rather than trust the Order with it after he's gone, he just gets, you know, Harry and Hermione to do it. Safety first. But also, you know, here's the thing. Like, I'd love to say that this is an absurd request, but at this point, the trio really has spent a lot of time interacting with creatures way outside the scope. So who knows? Maybe this one is just, you know, fine. It's really not though. But you know what? Harry has been complaining about Grubbly Plank all year long. This is basically what he wanted. And at least Harry and Hermione got to miss out on the first cool thing that Ron got to do since he was knocked unconscious playing chess back in year one. Which, to be fair, that incident is actually super cool, but without context, being knocked out while playing chess seems otherwise so just completely unlikely. That's totally barbaric. But back to Hagrid, the man we're supposed to be coming to the defense of, something that I dare say we've barely accomplished this far into the video. Thank you for sticking around, by the way. So let's circle back to a sentiment we expressed very early in today's video. Hagrid doesn't have a ton of overall character growth, it's true, but I think that's kind of because he doesn't have that far to go. I mean, he's already 12 foot tall. How much more growing do you want out of the guy? <laughs> No, but all kidding aside, I do genuinely believe that Hagrid is just already the best version of himself. If your worst trait is overestimating the goodness of something, then on the whole, that's not so bad. Seriously misunderstood creatures spiders are. It's the eyes, I reckon, they unnerve some folk. Not to mention the pincers. And I think the proof basically resides in none other than our good old boy HP. Harry Potter. Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter, the main character of the story, the chosen one. Okay, sorry. Harry's delivery to the Dursleys in the very first chapter comes thanks to three key players who all contribute to Harry's overall character. They each provide their own unique roles as a surrogate father figure, if you will. There's Sirius, who provides the motorbike that Hagrid takes to deliver Harry, whose talent and spirit to fight against evil and emphasis on friendship above all else is deeply rooted in Harry. Dumbledore, whose plan it is to leave him with the Dursleys in the first place, whose wisdom and determination to look out for the welfare of others is central to Harry's own arc. Like, I don't know if Harry enters the forest on his own to accept death without Dumbledore. And then lastly, you have Hagrid, the one who actually delivers him to the Dursleys, arguably the most humble of the three, but no less vital. Hagrid does exactly what we said. He sees the good where maybe others do not. He loves creatures for being unique in their own ways. Honestly, it's not terribly dissimilar to how Harry himself loves Hagrid or how Harry treats Dobby as an equal, accepts Lupin for who he is or respects a goblin's way of life. What I'm ultimately trying to say is that, sure, a dragon is certainly dangerous, but that doesn't mean it's not useful or fascinating in loads of other ways. And I think all of this is illustrated 
thanks to Hagrid. So boom, there you go, guys. Honestly, I was completely mind blown to hear any of my friends suggest the idea that they weren't otherwise enamored with Hagrid. So be sure to let me know in the towel section down below. What do you think? Is he a good character, good guy, overall positive force on Harry, or is he just constantly throwing potentially dangerous situations at the students? Let me know all of your thoughts down below. But otherwise, guys, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you'd like to check out Dumbledore's big plan, it basically outlines every single thing that Dumbledore orchestrated from the very beginning. You can do so right over here. But otherwise, until next time, bye.